You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Foundation Radio is brought to you by 10th Ward Barbershop. Serving the historic 10th Ward in downtown Lawrenceville, 10th Ward Barbershop is a full-service barbershop offering quality haircuts, beard trims, and hot shaves. Adam gets his hair and beard trimmed by the owner of the shop, Ryan Kane, and he loves the laser point precision cuts and lineup he provides to him and countless other satisfied customers. But you don't have to take Adam's word for it. WWE superstars Corey Graves and the fiend Bray Wyatt frequent 10th Ward for all their hair and beard trimming needs. Right now, all all cuts and trims are by appointment only. So head over to their website at 10thwardbarbershop.com and book your appointment now with Kane, Jordan, and the rest of the team at 10th Ward Barbershop. That's 10thwardbarbershop.com. And we thank them for supporting the podcast. world and welcome to Foundation Radio. My name is Adam Barnard. Thank you so much for joining me today. My guest today is returning to the show after a four-year four year hiatus and my favorite singer out there right now, Cass Haley. Thank you so much for being back on the program today. How are you, sir? Thanks, Adam. I appreciate you, man. Doing good. Doing good. Just, uh, you know, taking care of the family and trying to create as much music as I possibly can and just doing my thing, man. That's How are all. you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thank you for asking. It's another uh, delightful day here in Downingtown, Pennsylvania. Uh, it's a little bit too humid for my liking, but uh, you know, it's not bad. Uh, I was down in your neck of the woods in Texas a couple uh, couple weeks ago, actually. Um, is it always that hot down there, or is it just typical for this time of year? Is it always that humid? You know, Texas is big, so it just depends on where you're at. But it's been pretty hot for the last. You know, for the last few weeks, traditionally for us here in Northeast Texas, uh, like once mid-July through August, it's pretty, it's pretty hot. But, uh, you know, the heat index has been quite high early, but we've been getting lots of rain too. So the humidity is like ultra high. Yeah. I was, I had heard, you know, I have some friends down there as well. And I heard like, oh, you know, just prepare for it to be kind of like, I was thinking Vegas hot, right? Like, you know, like that desert heat. I was not prepared. Yeah. I was not prepared for like 120% humidity. I was like, Jesus, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm just yeah. sweaty and nasty. So um, no, but man, it's great to see you again. It's great to catch up with you. It's been quite a while since we talked. Like I said, you were here on the show in 2019. Um, I think we were talking about lessons and blessings back then. And you've done just an incredible amount of work since that time. And I, I really wanted to talk about that. Um, I wanted to actually talk, because I know it was, like I said, I think it was October of 2019, and then, you know, the world shut down. So I wanted to kind of just talk to you about what your experience was like, you know, during the uh, the pandemic and how life was for you while everything was closed. Yeah, man. Well, um, it was pretty, pretty wild what happened to us, you know, um, ironically, right before the um, 2020 thing, the whole COVID scenario, we had just landed this epic um, deal with Lincoln 
motor company, the car company. So we entered a, a songwriting competition in late, like fall 2019. And we got this opportunity, basically got hired um, to be a part of their new camp for a car they were releasing called the Corsair. And it all sort of started through a songwriting competition. And so, you know, it was just this crazy blessing that kind of happened this big deal. One of, one of the bigger opportunities in my life, as far as a commercial kind of job, um, came about. And so that was all happening around like right when the whole COVID thing sort of took a hold, we had already won the competition. We'd already filmed a bunch of commercials for this company and we basically had the job and then COVID hit, uh, you know, March, of 2020 and this car campaign was scheduled to be released sort of all these commercials sort of that summer and it all centered around people in theaters and so (laughs) it was this we filmed um quite a bit of stuff that had you know a a social kind of element to it and so the campaign really wasn't going to work but the blessing was is that we had already done the work so we got paid for our work and it was uh it was the difference It, it it got us through the next couple of years that i had landed that job six months prior so for me covid um although it was crazy as far as the everything that was happening and all the pressures it put on relationships with family and with people that felt different. Uh, financially, we were okay, even though we weren't able to work because we had landed that gig, you know? So we were, I was one of the very blessed musician and gig workers out there <laughs> during, during COVID. Cause I, I landed the gig of my lifetime a few months before COVID hit. So yeah, it was, it was ironic how that happened. It was a bummer because the commercial campaign was supposed to be much larger than it ended up being because of the the focus of what the commercials were about. But. I remember seeing, I think, I, I don't remember, I w- I'm sure it was, you know, what felt like month three of month 654 stuck in our house. And I remember watching something on TV and I'm going, hey, I know that guy. I know Cass Haley. And I <laughs> yeah. guess I had must have missed it and just, you know, like I must have missed the announcement and the, the, the slog of the world at that time. Um, tell me more about that though, because I want to. I, I I don't I don't know if um, you know. I want you to the opportunity to kind of talk about more of the process yeah. and how it happened. So so, so like um, in the fall of 2019, there was an Instagram ad uh, about a songwriting competition um, that Lincoln uh, Motor Company was doing, and it had you know it had Mr. Matthew McConaughey doing all the all the 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 voiceover work for it. And it had this very cool feeling about, you know, finding like an artist that's kind of true in purpose and that is on that artist path. And is like doing it from a whole place. And, you know, Lincoln was in this rebranding sort of phase where they're, they were branding um, well-being into their car, you know, sanctuary was their big thing. So, Um, It had a really cool feel to it and a kind of like they were looking for some kind of authentic kind of true story about the artist path and about the well-being behind that and about the purpose of that. And so, like, I saw the ad and I'm not one to just enter 
random competitions and stuff. I've entered a couple in my life. America's Got Talent and this one and my middle school talent show. But <laughs> but I, I'm really not um, into the competitions uh, so much. Uh, but there was something about this one that sort of hit me. My wife and I, uh, the fall, the previous summer, like coming out of, you know, right before the fall, we, we had wrote this song called every road I'm on, which was a, a real simple song about finding your presence wherever you're at. Cause so it was our sort of, every time we would go out on the road, the thing we we're always trying to find is just, you know, presence of being able to be, uh, present with our family while we're on the road and to still be able to complete, you know, whether it was our homeschooling or just maintain our relationships, you know, traveling on the road is extremely difficult because you're always thinking about where you're going or where you came from. So you kind of get in this kind of stressful, anxious place sometimes when you're trying to keep a schedule. So the tune was about every road I'm on is my home. And it was really more of a, like our a story of our pursuit of trying to find presence while we're just trying to keep a schedule on the road and traveling and not lose ourselves in that, you know, tomorrow or yesterday kind of thing. Um, and so I just had this, I had this feeling that this song was perfect for what they were talking about. And so what you had to do, like, and the cutoff date was literally like, I saw the message. I saw the the ad on like a Wednesday and the cutoff was like Friday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Cassie, we have to, we have to do this. So we were actually in route to a gig in Minneapolis and we were flying out of Dallas out of DFW and um, that next evening. And so I like scheduled a recording studio that following morning and a videographer to come over and film me singing this song and us recording it. And then I had to write uh, like a 500 word kind of essay on like what the song means to me and sort of my story. So, uh, I did that. It was very odd that I was feeling this way about doing it. It was like, a I don't know, man, it was like a premonition. I was like, you got, you have to do this. <laughs> I was, I'm really, you know, I've, I'm never this confident, especially with something like this, but I was so confident that, at the very least, we were going to win a, fi- a place as a finalist. Mm. And that's why I did it. When, when it all came down to it, all that I knew about the competition was there was a songwriting competition and the finalist would win 17,000 bucks. And I was like, 17 grand. Cool. Yeah, I could use that. <laughs> and I was really confident in it. I was like, this is the perfect situation. Um, and so sure enough, a couple weeks go by and I get the notification that, Hey, you won, you're a finalist. Here you go. So there's four people picked. And I was like, boom, you know, 17,000 bucks. I can go. We can keep touring. (laughs) We can pay our bills. That's right. And, uh, and from there, uh, a whole universe was opened up. Once I had a conversation with Lincoln about what the, what the, you know, what the whole thing actually was, because it was much bigger than the way that they presented it. Mm. They didn't present that you would be this kind of uh, spokesperson uh, sort of for for this new car campaign and that your song would be used and that they would be filming this documentary. And, you know, there was all kinds of other things included that I wasn't aware of. And a big part of it was that they would be running the final competition 
uh, night during the night of the Grammys and that we would all be at the Grammy Awards mm. and they sort of have this kind of sort of, uh, you know, uh, collaborative effort with the Grammy Awards where they would do this party and we would all go to the Grammys. And another cool aspect about this is really the main face of the competition and of the the marketing campaign was John Batiste. Mm. Um, so John Batiste was uh, sort of like a mentor and a guide through the entire thing and was a big part of the the whole campaign. And so from there, we go to the Grammys. Now, I'm I'm not sure at this point. I wasn't quite as sure that we would win the grand prize mm-hmm. and the grand prize included uh, a capital, uh, a session with Al Schmidt at Capitol records. Um, and basically a contract to star in these commercials. And so we go out to LA, I get to perform with John Batiste and the other contestants. We go to the Grammys and the next day they tally the votes and, uh, we ended up winning. And so that was like a whole other level of financial security. It was like, you just got three car commercials that are going to be on national TV and it's a union job. And it was like a a life changing kind of scenario. Um, So the next, and that was in, you know, at the end of January, beginning of February, whenever the Grammy awards are. Mm -hmm. And so the next uh, month and a half, we were filming. I was traveling, doing this kind of road trip with the, the film crew going to Louisiana, going to different cities, Austin, New Orleans, and filming these different car commercials. And so we got everything filmed. And then um, at this time, I'm like, oh, man, a lot of stuff's happening. We were going to be on these car commercials. They were using our song. We were they got us uh, booked at Coachella for the summer. And there was a big media campaign behind it. and so I was like, I got to have a new record. And that's when I rushed into the studio or to my turn my house into a studio at the time to record all the right people. Mm-hmm. And so right in the middle of us recording all the right people is when COVID happened and everything shut down. And we started seeing that, oh, this this opportunity is going to be a little bit different than what we thought. The commercials aren't going to get aired the same way and things, things changed, but financially we had already done the work and we had got the job. So it was the money that got us through, (laughs) got us through the next couple of years. And in the end built the studio that I'm um, in right now. And has sort of, you know, laid the foundation for me to continue kind of creating and creating more and more frequently before the Lincoln competition and this opportunity happened. Um, I really didn't have my own studio. I had a lot of gear, but I didn't have my space um, where I could just create without being interrupted or have to shut down the house in order to do something. And so most of my creative process in the past sort of happened with me and a, a guitar. And then when I was ready to record, I would, you know, organize it very quickly and go to a studio and record. So the last year and a half has been quite differently. So I'm coming into the studio and I'm recording pretty much every day and I'm just creating as much content as I can. And it's just been, it's been a life changing kind of ordeal for me on so many levels of just being able to create more and to, to sort of put that kind of receptive kind of that we live in such a crazy world where we can create something and put it online for thousands of people to see every day for better, for better, or for worse. And I, I, I used to, you know, like a lot of artists, 
we always want our work to be um, the best that it can be. And a lot of times we're uh, not capable of accepting our best in each moment. And the thing that this whole journey lately has taught me that there's so much value in show in people seeing these kind of daily creations and some are going to be better than the next, but it's been really great for me just learning how to accept my best in every moment and just, just kind of putting that energy out there to be received and to get that kind of reciprocal kind of energy going back. And I think that that's, what's great about social media. Mm -hmm. It can be a very, uh, it can be a good, cool thing, and it very easily, the slippery slope, if you get in yeah. your head about it, and it can be a very anxious, stressful thing, you know, where you're not getting the results that you want. Um, but it's, uh, it's been really, it's been really good for me. And my relationship with social media has definitely changed over the years. I used to stress out about it. You know, what do I do? What do I say? How you much just, am I supposed know, you, to post? Yeah. How many times yeah, do I do that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I look at, I look at social media now as like, you know, I'm just trying to bring value to anybody that happens to see it. Are you bringing value to the situation? And it's like, and also being honest with myself and creating content that I enjoy to create and just everything else doesn't really matter. It's like, we have this ability to create visibility for ourselves and for our businesses and what we're doing. Um, and are we creating value for other people? And that's, that's as simple as it is for better or for worse. You know, it's like, uh, the time, you know, it's just, it just feels so good to not be caught up, um, to not withhold, um, you know, my art and what I'm doing in my work like it used to be that I would withhold a lot because of fear, because it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be or this or that. And so it feels really good to just create and just do what I do each day and just put it out there. And it's just like, it's just fun now. And it works too. It works. People get your vibe and people, you know, there's nothing. It's all kind of, for me, it's all like, the reality of everything of art and all this stuff being subjective is just came into, you know, came into view of like, there's going to be some people that love it. Some people that like it. And I, I firmly believe this, that there's a group of people out in this world for pretty much anybody doing anything, yeah. whether you're a plumber that has a special way in which you fix commodes or whatever, there's a group of people that is totally going to be interested <laughs> in what you're doing. They're going to love that's what you do, man. They're going to love what you do. That's, 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 yeah. that's, that's exciting. Yeah. And you're, you know, it's, it's, and there's a big part of it, like doing it every day and releasing this stuff. Cause you get better. Yeah. You know, you get better. You have to, you have to work. But it's, it's cool. Like there's, there's a different energy about the releases that you've been making recently. It's not to say that there's like, it's not to say that it's, it's better or like different than what you've been doing. There's just a different vibe to it. And it totally makes sense now. See, like listening to your story and learning that and having that knowledge now and, and understanding like, Oh, this was just a, such a life altering position for you. It's super cool. Like, I love the fact that you've mastered um, the reels on Instagram. I typically, I have alerts set on my phone for different accounts and you're one of the ones that I have. And I just, I love the, the <laughs> reels that come up. Um, and it just always looks like you're, I think the most, what I take away from it the most is that you just look like you're having a great time, like all the time. It just looks like you're having so much fun. 
Um, I wanted to go back to something that you said a minute ago as far as like the confidence level, because I think we talked about it a little bit in our first conversation um, when we were talking about America's Got Talent and you're up on stage and you walk out there and you do Walking on the Moon, um, you know, your cover of the the, the classic uh, Sting song. Um, did you have the same feelings then that you were like, oh, I'm just going to try this. I'm going to give it a shot. I don't know if it's going to work. Was it the same sort of feeling as you had here with this Lincoln um you know, spot is, was it different? Tell me more about that. Yeah, it was, it was very different um, on America's Got Talent versus this Lincoln. For some reason, this Lincoln opportunity, uh, I just knew I had something that, that matched exactly what they were looking for. And it wasn't just the song, but it was like, it was my story. And it was about like, also like my, you know, kind of, uh, purpose in life has been, you know, to try to create balance within my own life while pursuing this crazy career that is extremely hard. And the world says is damn near impossible. And it's really tough. You know what I mean? Um, so it's like, I just knew that, that the energy of what was going on in my life and really matched up with what they were trying to do and my ability to talk about my story as well, you know, was a big part of that, of just how I saw my story, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I just really felt confident in this like th- synergistic kind of thing lining up with America's Got Talent. Absolutely not. I felt like, um, you know, I was 20, 27 years old at the time coming out of like my mindset was very punk rocked, very kind of on the fringe and definitely not welcome. Like I never felt accepted by anything really commercial or uh, sort of like, even like my local community, I was on the fringe. I was like the kid with different colored hair. That was the kid that was going to get into that was, you know, I was probably, you know, most people probably thought I was going to end up in jail or hooked on some drugs and dead. Like I just never felt accepted and I felt completely out of place being on TV, um, performing a tune. I didn't think it would work. Um, I, there, I hoped it would work just because I had just had a newborn baby and there was lots of pressure of like, Oh no, it's not just about me and this, little dream of playing music. Like I really need to create some kind of stability for my wife and for my kid. Um, and this, this was very different. This was a different thing for sure. And I, it's probably a lot comes with, you know, growing up and stuff like that and just gaining more confidence and just what I do, you know, and just on, in who I am. Yeah. It's, um, it's honestly, it's amazing. I, I, I loved getting the opportunity to see you in those commercials. And again, just to see you thriving from that is, is incredible. Like I just, one other question I have for you before we get into plugging the new record, um, you did a cut with Collie Buds. I'm not sure how recent that was. It was in the middle of it. First of all, banger. Second of all, on heavy <laughs> rotation all the time. Uh, tell me more about that process. How did you link up with Collie Buds? And tell me, uh, tell me more about that. So, you, you know, the song's about 2020. It's about COVID. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah. That's what it's about. And it was, you know, it's funny. That song was written uh, more of an old time kind of tune, uh, sort of country-esque, mm-hmm. like old style blues. A, a, what they call like a rhythm album, which is basically it's the it's it's an album full of the exact same song, 
um, as far as the music is concerned, but then different artists take a different melody and words and sing their version of it on it. So like there's all kinds of different artists doing to the same track. Um, and so that process, um, it was just a cool opportunity that I got. They like, Hey, Kali buds would like you for you to submit your version to the Cali, Cali roots rhythm, I think volume two. And so, you know, I recorded, uh, that tune uh in my up in my bedroom this was before i got the studio up and running and uh and that was that you know so like all of the instruments and stuff were already pre-recorded by colleague butts and i just sort of laced it up with my tune on top of it and uh i always love that tune i really want to release the original version of that too that's more like down home kind of juke joint style <laughs> oh man i would love to hear it man i i guess i can't get enough of that one right now as it is anything anything else you can release of that would be fantastic i want to talk about your new record that's coming that's actually out now as you're listening to this uh boots rock reggae volume 1 i think i recall i don't know if it was the sam cook cover that you did with cupid that was the first kind of instinct I had with this, or if that was later, I just remember hearing you starting to cover a lot of like country songs and a lot of rock songs in the reggae sound. And I was like, man, this is, this is amazing. Cause it had that, it definitely had that like walking on the moon feeling. Is that where you drew the inspiration from to start this project or did it come from something else? Where, where did that, where did the Genesis of this come from? The, uh, I mean, the, the inspiration to do the project definitely has been to introduce people to how I see music, how I do music, my sound, you know, I've been pursuing music for, you know, 20 plus years and I had major success on America's got talent with doing sort of a similar thing of taking a song that sounds a little different, even though walking on the moon kind of is a reggae inspired song, Anyways, right. um, sort of do my thing to it. Cause you know, I'm just, um, and so like the inspiration for boots rock reggae has came, uh, for years I was afraid to be labeled a cover artist. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I didn't want, I, I had this, uh, idea that I'm a singer songwriter and, and, and I am, I love writing songs. And that's what I put the last 20 years into focus is sort of telling my story and what was going on. Um, and the inspiration for this came to like, you know what, man, I proved to myself that I'm a songwriter and now I just want to create value for people and connect with people and introduce as many people as I can to the way I do music. You know, the way I hear music and, and it's, uh, it's been really, really cool. Uh, another aspect of it that's been really cool too, is like, it's allowed me to take myself, to not take myself so seriously and to be more present within the creation. And like you said earlier, to have more fun, Mm -hmm. it's like, there's, there's, I just don't feel like there's a lot on the line. It's not quite as vulnerable and it's made like the creation process extremely fun for me to just be liberated and just follow my gut and just, you know, I'm it's my normal day comes in where I've got a few songs in mind. I listen to them. And a lot of these songs I hadn't played before. I'll create demos for Instagram and put it out the day that I create it. And I usually just go with my gut. I follow that kind of instinct and I don't 
plan it out too much. <laughs> I just try to do my best in every given moment. And a lot of times at the 50 yard line, I'm like, I don't know if this one's going to be any good. <laughs> and you know, that, that's, that's the thing is like, it's a, it's more, I think the most important thing for me as an artist is to be creating every day and to be showing people what I'm doing, like whether they're better or worse, that's just an opinion and subjective. I like some more than others, but it's been really cool seeing what has happened just on the visibility of who I am as an artist since I started doing this about six months ago. And I knew I was going to make this record. And I said, I'm going to put all my time and energy into just creating and getting a group of people that are interested in, in this. And then I'm going to drop some records. And, you know, so the plan, so Boots Rock Reggae Volume 1 is out now. And volume two is in the works. And so I'm just going to keep doing this because it's so much fun. And it's, it's, it's introducing a lot of people to, to me as an artist. So I, if I, if I may, if I can say, um, your original work is fantastic. And if any, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to any of Cass's work, you should stop this or wait till the end of this, go find him on Spotify and listen to his stuff. You've released a lot of really great material, but I do, I agree that like you have a sound and there's a specific like sonic wave that you bring when you do these records, uh, your original stuff and the covers. That is just so unique that it, it attracted me to your music initially. And hearing this now and sort of seeing this flourish again, like it's just it's it's cool to see people attracted to what you're doing in a way that feels natural and fun and available to people to to digest, right? Um, so you cover George Jones, you cover Zach Brown Band on the record, and the song we're going to play right now is actually one of my favorite records from when I was a kid. I have vivid memories of listening to this with my dad. It's Have You Seen the Rain, which is a, a classic CCR record. Tell me about the choice for that record. Was there anything specific that drew you to that, or was this just one of those like, yep, I know I can I can hammer this, I know I can nail this? It's it's one of my favorite songs of all time. So, <laughs> you know, I wanted— I. I wanted I wanted the record. So like what I was trying to do with Boots Rock Reggae is pick songs that I really like. You know what I mean? And uh, like I was saying, I, I'm a big fan of older music. Most of the stuff that I really love is older classic rock and roll and classic country. And the album from the beginning, it kind of changed with... Um, some of the Instagram reels kind of helping determine some of the newer songs that I would put on the album. Of course, I love Zach Brown band. I think he's got an authentic, cool vibe. I never saw myself doing chicken fried. Um, but a buddy of mine convinced me to make a reel doing it and it went off the, the charts <laughs> online. And so I was like, well, dude, I got to do that with people. People, people enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and Tennessee whiskey. I mean, I would never ever in a million years try to compete with that beautiful singing man of Chris Stapleton. <laughs> I mean, that was to me, that tune's like an untouchable kind of tune. It's yeah. such a vibe. And uh, another buddy of mine convinced me, he's like, dude, just do it. It don't even matter. <laughs> and so I did, I did that one and it went viral and I was like, okay, well, man, okay. You know, so I'm going to put a couple of these tunes on it that I totally respected, but were really was a little bit too afraid to kind of touch because the original versions are perfect. Right. right. And, um, <laughs> but some of the older ones are like, like the, some of the older ones, 
you know, like George Jones, The Race Is On. These are songs that I absolutely love and grew up listening to. Have You Ever Seen The Rain? Oh, man. Um, and so um, 16 Tons, which is an old coal mining song that uh, Merle Travis wrote. A lot of people know the Tennessee Ernie Ford version that was popular, you know, 10, 15, 20 years after the first version was popular. Um, but it, yeah, it's just so fun. It's so fun. And I think it's like, it's so funny to see people online. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't realize how fluid music is. It's like a good song can be done in any style. Yeah. It's like, and any, any, literally it can be done in any style and it's fairly simple. It's like, People get such a kick out of it. I think a lot of people don't realize how how easy it is to to shift a great song into any style, and it's uh it's it's great. I mean, I, there there are a lot of people that get mad at me for doing it. Really, <laughs> like That's it's surprising like to it's, hear. It's sacrilege. Well, it's like you know, it's it's a cultural thing. You know, people have their culture, and they're like, "Boy, you're ruining country music." <laughs> or. Um, or this is cultural appropriation. I get that mm -hmm. um, some, um, but I think it's just ignorance. I think people don't realize that like music has been feeding and, and inspiring for different forms and different cultures of music has been informing and inspiring people, whether there were travelers coming through, it's literally virtually every style of music that we have today has been so heavily influenced by a diverse group of people. You know, reggae, the genre of reggae itself has so many different influences. Um, American rock and roll influenced it. Um, African music influenced it. Latin music influenced it. You know, there it's it's all influencing each other and kind of informing each other. And that's what music is, man. Music is that language that doesn't have the boundaries, you know? Yeah. And so that's the spirit that I do all this from is that it's, man, it's a universal language. And it's, uh, besides for it being fixated to a particular type of culture or whatever, um, eh, you know? Yeah. I can't believe people give you grief about this, man. I'm surprised. I'm oh, surprised. Dude, well, this is the, this is the thing you have to realize is that you know you're doing the reels right yeah. when you're getting some haters. Yeah, dude. So it's like because <laughs> it's about the number. It's about the number of people that that are seeing it. And if you're not getting a few people that just disagree with it, and that's a form of entertainment. That's sure. the way I look at it. It's like I'm here for you to just be entertained, and that can be that you're angry and that you think this is bullshit. <laughs> but it's still entertaining you. You know, why do we watch the news or presidential debates? Right. It's like, somebody's going to get it's angry. Like, I'm going to feel it's like pro wrestling, man. It's like, yeah, I always com yeah. I compare that to everything. Like it's because uh, I'm a big pro wrestling guy. And I always say all the time, like the reason that specific people are popular and the reason that they get over is because they're making you feel something like they're making you, they're invoking uh, some yeah. kind of emotion in you, whether it's happiness or anger or sadness. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's <laughs> literally, you're feeling something and it's like, oh, shit, I didn't realize, like, you're making me angry or you're making me happy and that's why I'm gravitating towards this. And yeah, no, yeah. I, I can see that, man. I, I, um, I, it's disappointing to hear that people won't give you the opportunity to check out the music or to feel it, but it's also like, I've seen way more positive responses than I have seen negative. So oh, I think if that says anything, sure. yeah. But, you know, there's a lot. I mean, even if I was getting a 50-50 ratio, I still would keep doing it yeah. because it's working. Well, I'm going to play this right now. This is uh, Cass's cover of Have You uh, Ever Seen the Rain? Uh, it's on the record right now. So I'm going to play this and we'll come right back. 
Someone told me long ago There's a calm before the storm I know It's been coming for some time It's been coming for a while, yeah When it's over, so they say out now and you bent you sort of briefly touched about uh volume two 
when, what can we expect to hear on that record? What, what kind of ideas do you have? Can you give me any hints as to what's coming? Um, the big Just hint, me. the big hint here is that I hope that Sam Cooke record is on there. Cause whew, man, <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Cooke's one of my favorite. Yeah, man. There's, there's a bunch of good ones that are going to be on volume two that I thought were going to be on volume one. Um, but I just kind of ran out of time and wanted to release something. Um, more collaborations, mm. you know, I'm, I'm looking for volume two to, to have some collaborations from country singers to, uh, Jamaican singers involved. I have a couple collaborations on volume one mm-hmm. that I'm excited about. An, uh, an artist from Australia named Bobby Alou is on, have you ever seen the rain? And then, uh, an amazing group from Brooklyn, New York called Sundub is, uh, uh, featured on Jolene, the mm. old Dolly Parton tune that we did on Volume One. Uh, also, to be um, clear, so, banger as well, sir. Banger, dude, isn't she incredible? She's amazing, man. <laughs> yeah. I heard that. I was like, oh man, this is so good, so good. <laughs> yeah, she's great, man. Um, so just just more more of it, man. Yeah, you know, more collaborations, and uh, you know, I've been I've been experimenting with some like kind of modern style production on some of these Instagram reels where I did like this kind of trap beat version of all my exes live in Texas. <laughs> so there might be some kind of funny, funny stuff like that. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm really attracted to kind of organic style production, real drums, like a band playing in a room together, but it's been fun kind of exploring the other worlds of like hip hop and, and trap and different beats and stuff like that. So there's going to be a little bit of that too. And just, you know, I'm just having fun. Listen, a Cass Haley hip hop record. That would be, I'm just saying, man, I'm just saying that would be unbelievable. That would be a crazy cut, man. I'm excited for it. I'm really excited about this record. I love it. You can go and listen to it right now. Like I said, boots, rock, reggae, volume one. It's everywhere. You can listen to your music right now. Cass Haley. Thank you again so much as always for taking the time to come out and chat with me on the show. Where can everybody keep up with you on social media and all your other projects? You know, uh, I'm everywhere, but, uh, Instagram's a good spot, you know, uh, pretty much everywhere though. Yep. You know, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, I'm posting everywhere. I'm going to have to have you teach me some lessons on TikTok because I have it. So my kids think I'm cool, but I don't have the first clue of what I'm doing. Uh, something about the Grimace Challenge. I'm not really sure what that is, but <laughs> I, uh, I should probably figure this out. You can follow him right now. If you're on Instagram, you can follow him at Cass Haley Music and all of his links for his socials will be in the show notes. Cass Haley, thank you again so much, sir. I genuinely appreciate your time. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate you. Foundation Radio is hosted, recorded, and produced by Adam Barnard. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. The show was mixed and engineered by Carl Pinnell. Our intro and outro music was performed and produced by Dumb Ugly. Additional musical accompaniment provided by Enrichment. Special thanks to Greg Mead, Joe Keen, Jeff Quinn, and Dr. Ruth Elmy. Follow us on Twitter at FND Radio Pod and find our entire archive at foundationradio.net. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production. Butts Carlton, proprietor.